GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and joining me, my wonderful co-host. Dave. Dave, it's good to see you. Well, you know, I'm glad to be here. I mean, ever since I you know, replaced Joe, I think things have been great, you know. Uh, did you see how I did you dirty there, Joe? Yeah, I was all I was all ready. I, I actually I, I was I had my phone out. I was doing something with my phone. I was like, uh oh, he's about to introduce me. I better get ready. And then then you got your, me. So your eyes like, perked well, up. Well like your eyes perked up. You're like, oh, he's not gonna he's gonna call me co host? And then that <laughs> was great. It made me feel good. Well, well played, Thank LPJ. So, Hovercraft well Joe, my actual co-host, is is here, and and our 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 guest is Dave. Um, guys, we're here to talk about a movie that I have been wanting to talk about for a very long time. Um, I get the feeling that between like of the three of us, like we we all have kind of the same passion for this movie. Just, just knowing the personalities of the, the other two people in this in this room with me, room quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> we are here to talk about dread, not Judge Dread. We've already done that. We're here to talk Wait, about, we're not. Oh, dang! I we're here to talk about the clearly superior Dread. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's funny because um, I mean, Dave was just on the podcast not that long ago, uh, but when we were kind of figuring out what we were going to do. For this episode, you presented. Well, I won't say what the other one is, but you presented me with two movies. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, well, we literally can't do either of those without having Dave on. And then you went with this one. And can I? I want to share the exchange. You texted us and you yeah. said, "Hey, uh, Dave, do you want to be on? We're going to do Dread." And Dave was like, "Absolutely, I can talk about my huge man crush on Carl Urban." And you said, "You and me both." Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Man. greatest actor, just could put it out there. I don't know if he's the greatest. Let's not get crazy here. But I will say this. Like, Carl Urban is in a lot of great nerdy sci-fi things. Yeah. He's in Star <laughs> Trek. He's in this. He's in uh, the Marvel movies. He's in The Boys. He shows up. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. He, <laughs> he is a, a fanboy's. The, like the, three. The, bo- the born supremacy. He's in the born supremacy, <laughs> and he plays a great character in the born supremacy. And yeah, every like every like not just like, you know, comic book ones, but then of course you got learning. But then he's in he's in was in the original Doom movies. The main character in Doom, even though Rock the Rock was kind of hyped the most, but yeah, he's the main character in the Doom movie. Yeah, so he, he for whatever reason Carl Urban makes cool shit. Yeah, he was on that TV show that I think you and Dave were the only people that enjoyed. Almost Human. It was a good show. I mean, it was only on for like six episodes. I never watched Almost Human. Oh, okay. Well, then it was yeah. just Dave that was big. Fan. Yeah, no, it I, was I, like one of the most expensive shows ever made. So it, but the fact that it wasn't like you know number one with by you know several million meant that oh it's gonna get canceled. You yeah. Know? No, I, I did not watch Almost Human. Um, okay. so obviously yes, we've we've talked about Dread and 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 Carl Urban's in it. Um. So what are you guys' first experiences is watching this movie? Uh, Dave, you can go first. Okay. Well, I was one of the people that actually got to experience it as Dread 3D in the movie theater. Because I, 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 mean, I saw it like opening weekend. Like, and I went to see it by myself. <laughs> and I'm just like, this because this was it came at right at the end of like, probably the end of the 3d craze, but it was one of the few movies that did it well. Like you can still kind of see it. Like some of this stuff, some of the remnants of it when it was 3d, you know, cause it was made to be 3d. It's original title was dread 3d, you know? Yep. And yeah, it, I loved it. And like bought it immediately when it came out, you know, like have multiple copies, you know, it just, I loved it. Um, um you want me to go oh, next? Go I was going to go just because sure. mine, I feel like, is slightly tied to Dave because I feel like this is a movie that forever Dave is like, you got to see Dread. You got to see Dread. 
hey, have you seen Dread? Like he, Dave was like on the street team for this movie. Like he was always telling me. And I, I was like, ah, you know, the Sylvester Stallone. He's like, no, forget the Sylvester Stallone one. You got to see Dread. So I think one time I didn't see it in the theaters. I think I just rented it finally one time and watched it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it was really good. Um, and then, you know, I, it, it was, it's been on like Netflix and prime and various different times. So I, you know, uh, but yeah, this is definitely a movie that, uh, I saw just cause of Dave's passion for it. I would say oddly enough, my story is very similar. Uh, Dave was telling me about this shortly after he saw it and I'm like, yeah, cause I had wanted to see it, but never really, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I want to see that. It looks like it'd be pretty good. Um, but never actually got around to going and seeing it. And then Dave came back from seeing it and he's talking about it. I'm like, oh, I should probably watch it. And then as soon as it came out on, I don't know if it was HBO or FX or where a star or something, it was on one of the movie channels and I put it on and, and it was phenomenal. Like, and then I, I think I might've told you a couple times too, Joe, that, you know, reiterated what Dave said. said, yeah, I don't know why you haven't seen this yet. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Um, and then um, after that, I've seen it, you know, at least two or three more times. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's um, go through a few of the numbers on this. So uh, the release date on this is September 21st, 2012. Um, it had a budget of $45 million. Uh, this is where it gets a little sad. A domestic gross of $13 million yeah. and a worldwide of $41 million, which is surprising because I thought this would be a movie that would have done like gangbusters overseas. You know, sometimes those movies are like, God, they don't do well. But I, I and I don't know. I don't I didn't look into this. Do you guys think this movie is a victim of the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd being such a turd? Do you uh, think that that's like. Partially, partially, I think it is. I also think, like I said, People were sick of 3D at this point. Like, remember how like bad the 3D was on Clash of the Titans, where like it, everything looked dark, and so people had, at this point had a bad taste in their mouth by, about 3D. And so this that coupled with the fact that again the Stallone one, the fact that it is more of an English cult character. You know, I mean, he's not that popular in the U.S. You know, but I mean, it's it's definitely become like a cult hit to the point where there is serious talk of a sequel or a series. You know. Yeah, it does done really well. We'll on, talk about that know, more at video. the end too. Okay. I have a couple things about that, um, but I think you're right, and, and and you're right. There's a lot of factors to it. The whole Sylvester Stallone thing, uh, the fact that 3D was very tired at that point, um, and then Carl Urban was you would give interviews about this movie, and they would discuss how bad the marketing was for it. Yes, uh, that it was not marketed very well at all, and that had a lot to do with the lack of exposure that people had to the type of movie this was like people didn't, you know, they were thinking it was a sequel to the Stallone movie and not something new altogether. And that definitely hurt it. Um, and it also didn't help. Didn't, didn't help that you have basically a brand new, someone new to Hollywood in Alex Garland. Um, you had a lot of new faces in this film, nothing, nothing to really promote it uh, to tie it to other than, Really, uh, Lena Hetty, she's really the only one of any note in the film <clears throat> from obviously Game of Thrones. And they didn't hype her that they didn't hype her that much. And the fact that like she and also she was unrecognizable almost. You know, I didn't even yeah. like I when the first time I watched this, I'm, I had no idea she was in it. Well, and yeah. I would even say like I and I don't know how this matches up with like Game of Thrones, but this might be before. I mean, Game of Thrones is always popular, but this might be before like the fever pitch of Game of Thrones. So it's like you know, she well, might. I mean, like this 2012. Was, uh, this was she filmed this in between like season two and three, I think, of Game of Thrones. Okay, well, I mean, it was it was popular, but I feel like it's one of those shows that increased as it went yeah, on yeah, popularity wise. Totally. So, but not that it wouldn't make much of a difference. But um, okay. So uh, not, did not was not a success. That's kind of what we're getting from the, uh, the dollars and cents. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 79%, okay. and the audience score is 72%. So yep. that, that tracks. Yeah, that actually kind of surprises me. I figured the audience score would be higher. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
are they, uh, and this is going to maybe get into the inner workings of Rotten Tomatoes, but are those like constantly updated or are they like captured at the time of the movie's release? Because if it's, because if it wasn't as popular when it was released, that could maybe be why it's not as high as we think it might be. It could be. It could be. It's definitely gained cult status at this point. Um, but you're right at the time, obviously not. And if the the weird people who would go there expecting it to be a the sequel to Stallone one probably would have been disappointed because like oh wait that's, this movie doesn't suck oh man I was hoping for a terrible movie with Rob Schneider that's fair um, okay top grossing movies of 2012 uh, this is a rare case where we we haven't done a lot of movies in 2012 but we have done the number one grossing movie of 2012 the Avengers yep. Um, uh, number two for 2012 was The Dark Knight Rises. And number three is The Hunger Games. Um, this movie, Dread, came in 127th <laughs> for the year. Because, uh, you know, the domestic box office. And the only other movie we've done in 2012 is number 85, Abraham Lincoln Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie. Yeah, I. you know what? I kind of forgot that we had... Uh, done that movie and then I was just scrolling through the list looking for it and I'm like alright we did do that yeah. during Halloween that's right that's right <laughs> um alright so do we want to get into some background on Judge Dredd sure sure so obviously Judge Dredd is a character created in the 70s um for a British pulp magazine uh basically started as a comic strip um Created by uh, John Wagner and Carlos Esquera, uh, and it sort of, just like the movie, kind of became a cult comic that was eventually collected into volumes, which eventually turned into its own series, and then was brought over to the U.S. for various releases here and there. Um, it doesn't judge. There's not a current Judge Dredd comic right now, right? Um, up until recently, there were just—I mean, there definitely was uh, up to the pandemic. There, it's—I think it's more a lot of miniseries. Like there was yeah. a miniseries that was a, a sequel to the movie miniseries. There's, um, there was—I know I picked up a bunch of copies at a comic book sale a while ago. It was a pretty recent one. Um, I think again, like I think like like there's a Judge Dredd versus Predator, Judge Dredd versus yep. Aliens. Like I think a lot of it's released by Dark Horse, and but there are um. Yeah, it's more like there's not like more like Hellboy. There's not necessarily always an ongoing series, but there's, you know, lots of miniseries. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what I gathered as well. Um, yeah. And then eventually, you know, they made the made the St- Stallone film, which was garbage. Uh, and then, you know, you can go back and listen to our yep, episode. Go back and listen it. to our episode on that. With uh, Dave's favorite uh, corn dog and JV as a guest, I mean, it'd be better if I was on there with corn. Dog. <laughs> I mean, as we're saying that, okay, so the character there are certain elements of satire in the comics. Yes, but I mean, and sometimes, well, it's really sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. Like I just read Judge Dredd versus Alien, and there's no satire. It's like at all, but like, and then also it's noteworthy that the character is kind of the English version of a stereotypical American action hero. Partially based on Clint Eastwood, you know, yes, like you know, Dirty Harry. So, like that is like you know, it's English. It's an English comic, but this is their idea of America, you know. Right, right, right. And that's essentially what the setting is. It's, it takes place in in a mega city called Mega City One, and essentially there's been some kind of holocaust, some kind of nuclear holocaust, or you know, some kind of gigantic apocalypse that's happened, and um, the populations have condensed into mega cities basically is what they're called and um how many are there's there's at least three i know of yeah um, there's multiple mega cities i don't remember exactly how many there are i know there's at least three that they've kind of mentioned throughout the first movie yeah. and this movie in the comics there was definitely because it was written during the cold war there was definitely one in like russia you know yeah. and i think yeah i think there's a european one a russian one like and I mean, this mega city it spans from Boston to D.C. You know, so right. it's huge. It's, you know, I mean, it's more of a state than a city, but they call it a because me- it's continuous, so it's a mega city. Yeah. Right, and then uh, and, and and the populations are housed in gigantic 
mega structures, basically like giant tenement buildings that are, you know, 200 stories tall and they're the size of like a mall almost, you know, they're huge. Um, and that's essentially where this entire film takes place. They, as opposed to getting into the lore of Judge Dredd like they did for the first movie, they thought, well, let's make this a localized, like a day in the life of Dredd. And well, I, uh, that was kind of the take they took on it. Well, yeah, because I think they said that um, uh, the, the guy that wrote this, um, Alex, Garland. Alex Garland, that he, he kind of had like like three or four like different drafts where when he was trying to write this. And there were a couple, I think, that seemed like they were more lore heavy and had to do with specific elements of the comic. And he just couldn't get them to work, I think, is what they said the problem yeah. was, you know? Yep. And, well, I think that was what's so refreshing about this movie, too, is that. Like, it's not all about, like, oh, you have to save the world. It's it really just, like, it's a drug bust that's gone bad. And, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, like, you know, even, like, even the Batman movie, still, like, he has to save a city. You know, like, this, like, no, this is, like you said, day in the life, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it, this movie reminds me of The Raid. You know, it's very much an American raid. Um, and I think it works. Like, this, th- a story on a small scale like this works well. It, much in the same way that John John Wick works. Because John Wick is essentially a small story. It doesn't take place over a, a vast distance or a huge amount of time. It's essentially like a day in the life of John Wick. But his day in the life is getting revenge for his, his wife and his, you know, and his dog. Um and I should point out, because you mentioned the raid, that some people try to say, oh, it's a knockoff of the raid. They were in development at the same time. Yeah. Raid came out first. And also, uh, the concept of a level-by-level level fight goes back to Game of Death with Bruce Lee. So sure. we can't say the raid completely, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking the raid. The raid's a good movie. But you, we can't just say, like, oh, no, this is a knockoff of the raid. And every movie that has a level-by-level level is a knockoff of the raid. Yeah. No, you know? no, definitely not. No, these were, and I think we talked about that in the raid episode, that they were developed simultaneously by completely different people with no knowledge of the other's project. And, um, but I think that this type of story hadn't really been told a whole lot. And, um, they're honestly not terribly difficult to make because they all take place in one location. Uh, and, um, you know, you can do a lot of things, uh, visually in a smaller space that, is less expensive than you would have to in a larger space because you have to fill a much larger volume with effects and things like that. So I think that works well, for a story like this. <clears throat> well, I even think um, just from rewatching this and, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we had covered the raid and it was the first time I'd seen the raid. I mean, yes, there is a very, like, I, I don't consider them to be as similar as someone who might like after rewatching them recently, like, Yes, there is kind of one main plot element, but like they're not super similar at all. I mean, like I think it's just watching them in such close proximity. You're like, well, yeah, there's kind of that overarching thing about them being trapped in the building and blah blah blah. But like the motivations and what's going on and a lot, a lot of everything else is just completely different. So I, I, I tend to think that they're not as similar as a as a casual kind of observer might think. No, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Plot-wise, they're not the same at all. The motivations are completely different. Um, but the basic structure of it's a self, it's a it's a contained it's a movie contained within one building. With the objective is to get from the bottom floor to the top floor. That's really where the similarities end. Right, but I would say, and we'll cover it when we go through the plot. But this movie yeah. even starts off with a lot more preamble. Oh, sure, totally. To get to that. So. Yeah, so uh, and maybe uh, as we kind of move into the director here, maybe I'm hoping one of you two can sort this out for me because it was very confusing to me. Like, sure. what what was going on with the director and sure. the guy that wrote it? And like, what, 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 what happened here? All right. Well, technically, the director was Pete Travis. Um, Alex Garland is the writer. Um, by all accounts, Alex Garland and Pete Travis kind of co-directed the film. And then toward the end, the studio got fed up with Pete Travis and kind of kicked him off. And then Alex Garland took over the rest of it, including the editing and everything else. So while Pete Travis is credited as the director, this movie is very much an Alex Garland film. He got the final edit. He shot a lot of it uh, as the director. 
and he wrote it. So this is very much Alex Garland's film. He just didn't he didn't go after the co-director credit for it. And then he would go on to make like a uh, Ex Machina, right? Like yeah, that's Ex Machina, like... which is great. Yep. He made that, and um, oh, what did he do right after that? Annihilation. Annihilation. But no one saw that. I saw it. It was good. I enjoyed it. Was it okay? Yeah, it was, no, also, it was pretty good. The other interesting thing I saw looking into Alex Garland is that he wrote the novel The Beach, which became that Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Ooh. Yep. That's right. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I, I appreciate that because I was kind of confused, and there there was a lot of documentation on it. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so. Um, and then, and then we 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 kind of talked about the music. Uh, Paul Leonard Morgan. Yeah, it, it was Morgan. fine. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, we're yeah. not going to play an example. No, it was more atmospheric. It wasn't really, you know, there's no no overarching themes to the music. It was more, you know, actiony, eerie background music. And then and then that crazy music when everybody's high on on slow mo. <laughs> um, okay, so cast, uh, obviously we talked about Carl Urban playing Judge Dredd already. We talked about uh, Lena Headey playing Mama. Um, I mean, I, this might be something you guys had to help me with. The only other people I would pull out from this are uh, Olivia Thrillby playing Anderson. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave Dave's boy, <laughs> another one of Dave's boy, who I forgot was in this movie, and then he popped up on screen. I'm like, Somebody say his name for me because I'll butcher it. But um, Gleason, yeah, Dom Hall Gleason. I was like, Dave loves this guy, so I forgot that he was in this movie. Well, I mean, the other two that people would know are Wood Harris, who is, I mean, he's on. He he was like the main villain in the first couple seasons of The Wire. He he was definitely kind of overshadowed by Idris Elba. Yep. But um, I mean, he was he played Avon Barksdale. He's really good. He's in Remember the Titans. He's He's like a character actor. He shows up in a lot of stuff. You yes, know, he's true. he's the guy who like you know the, the criminal. They're you know carting around, <laughs> and then um the um the medic you know who tries to who kind of helps um he is like he's one of the people on Game of Thrones who was like the main bodyguard of the king uh, or the prince of uh which call it uh the the desert one you know Valer I don't know the desert place yeah that place. <laughs> I've forgotten a lot about that show. No, I get you. Pedro Pas- he was friends with Pedro Pascal. Oh, Dorn. Yeah, Dorn. There we go. There we go. Uh, LPJ, anyone else you want to mention? Or? Nope. Surprisingly, no. Okay. Let's uh, go through a couple net worths real quick. Uh, all right. Let's start with Dave's boy, uh, Dom Hall Cleason. What do you think for him? I mean, he was in the Star Wars movies, but, you know, I mean, I can say $5 million. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'll say he's got the Harry Potter money. I'll say ten million. Seven million. You guys kind of we won't forget about that uh, uh Peter Rabbit money. So he's got some of that. <laughs> oh yeah, that sweet sweet Peter Rabbit he's got money. Eight, okay, deep pockets from that one. What do you guys think about Olivia Thirlby? Thirlby? Thirlby. I don't know how to say it. Thirlby. Okay, Olivia Thirlby. I know you wanted to correct me when I said it originally, so yeah. I let you get it. Uh, I don't know of anything else she's done. I'm gonna say. Three million. She's got that sweet wedding ringer money, so I'm gonna <laughs> go with I can go with two million. Uh, two million, Dave. Well done. Two million on the. I'll be a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> she was also uh, in that terrible movie where the mother died and came back, and her do- her daughter's body. It's bad. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the one with uh, David Duchovny. I've only oh, seen no, like, no, no, that's uh, yeah, I oh, yeah, already, yeah, the one they did on how this get made, yeah, yeah oh, I watched a little bit like, oh, this is really bad, all right, uh, and okay, so Lena, Lena Hetty, ooh, she's got that, um, she's got that Chronicles of Sarah Connor money, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love how I love how part of net worth has become trying to think of the most obscure thing <laughs> that somebody has money from. So I do enjoy that part of it now. Uh, I'll say twenty-five million. Okay. Yeah, they. I mean, by the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, she had to be making bank. So I'm gonna say thirty million. Only twelve million dollars. Well, it's those English taxes. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> 
Uh, and then finally, I, this is going to be hard to find something obscure, but uh, Carl Urban. We we just talked about him, LPJ, for the Born Supremacy. Uh, uh, so what do you think for Carl Urban? He's got that sweet. No, I got nothing. <laughs> I can't think of nothing. Nothing that he's done is is obscure to me. Um, he's got a decent amount of money. I'm gonna. I think he does. I'm gonna say. I'll say twenty five million for him as well. Okay. He works really consistently in a lot of stuff, and he's got that sweet Pathfinder money. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna, and also that old school Xena Warrior Princess money. So I'm gonna um, go with forty million. Uh, it's actually twenty million. So. All right. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to do is I, I did look into taglines. There was only one, and as far as taglines go, that we look up, it's a pretty good one. Judgment. Is coming. Yeah. Good. I like it. Perfect. Fits the movie, and it's exactly what it's about. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and that, w- that was the only one. There wasn't one that described the entire plot. So I was uh, pretty happy with it. Cool. So, yeah. um, so I guess before we kind of buzz through this plot, anything else specifically you guys want to mention? or uh, Nope. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yet. So, I'm sure stuff will come up. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, so the movie starts, we kind of get what we've talked about a little bit, like the explanation of what the world is like now, the the mega cities, how this one is from Boston to D.C., Mega City 1, it has 800 million people in it. Um, <laughs> I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, first thing we get is Judge Dredd, you know, he's out, he's out of case. I feel like his motorcycle looks kind of lame. Am I wrong? Like, it's really, really, like, boxy. Like, I don't know. I didn't really like the look uh, Okay, the so they wanted to make it, like, more practical than they were in the terrible Stallone one. Right. So, I, I think it, and it, but they wanted to stay true to the comic. So, in the comic, they are, like, big behemoths of, bike, of, you know, of motorcycles. And I would say it definitely looks better than the terrible Stallone ones, which were, like, and I, I think it's, you know, and then also one thing I noticed that goes along with that is those cars, like, okay, this is definitely not America. The different cars they're following. I think <laughs> well, that it was, part was shot in South Africa. Was, but, I, yeah, think, was, I think most of the movie was shot in South Africa. It was all, yeah. it was shot, it was all shot in South Africa. But but I just, I don't know. I thought his, uh, I thought his motorcycle looked kind of lame. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was weird. It was weirdly disproportionate. Like the front of it is, is bulkier than the back. And I think that was kind of throwing me off. Well, I feel like it's one of those things, LBJ, that we've discussed on many episodes is that like future vehicles are all like yeah. people always want to make future vehicles look like really weird. And it's like, nah, I feel like a car is just going to look like a car in yeah. the future. Yeah. Like, like they always are like, well, it's the future, so it's going to look weird. And then it's like, no, nah, it's just it's just a, a car or a motorcycle. Yeah. But um also, I have a note that says the drug they're taking looks a lot like my inhaler that I use for asthma. Uh-huh. asthma. Totally. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to take a puff now. See what happens. <laughs> so uh, so uh, these guys that are doing drugs, uh, Dredd's chasing them. I do like when they just, I don't know if I should say like, but they just straight up mow down that guy. That's like when you kind of get like how violent this movie is going to be when oh, they yeah. just like, hit that guy with their van. And it's it's pretty brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, this is an R-rated film. Like... Yeah. This movie, this movie makes you feel the collateral damage. Like other, like they'll yeah. even they'll even sometimes give the care the person who gets killed. They'll show a little bit of their you know, a fraction of their life beforehand. Then they get killed. Like this movie makes you realize, like, oh no, these are people getting killed. You know, yeah, it, it's it's true because like the chase ends in a crash. Uh, one of the guys is still alive. He chases them into kind of like a, a shopping mall type place. Which it, it's kind of surprising to me is that like this guy is supposedly like a drug addict and he becomes just like a murderer like really fast like he's just shooting randomly and killing people in this mall. I'm like, why did he switch from being like a drug addict to like a murderer so fast? And maybe he was like, both and go hand in hand. Um. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Dread ends up taking him out with. This is uh, like it's from the comics and it's used in the uh, Stallone one. But like they're the guns that they carry, they have a name. Are they called like peacemakers? Lawgivers, right? Okay, lawgivers. Thank you. And you like basically talk to them and like tell them to do different shots. So this is when he takes out the guy with hot shot, which I'm like, is this one that they use a lot? (laughs) I mean, to me, it's certainly not the most, the best one to use. If you're someone has their finger on the trigger, it seems like one that kills him more immediately would be better. 
you know, but this one yeah. looks pretty sweet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It Cause it's like, he shoots him and it incinerates the guy from the inside out. Yeah. So yeah, right. It's a cool visual, but probably not a real practical. And I, and I have some more questions about this gun. Um, we'll get into it a little later. Um, so he's back at the hall of justice. He's talking with the chief judge. Uh, they introduce Anderson who, uh, is a mutant in this, uh, future, which is, is she's a psychic. Um, and she's basically like the most powerful psychic that they've ever really encountered, like in the judge program. Um, she didn't, she wanted to become a judge, but she didn't pass her like evaluation or whatever it is. Evaluation. Uh, she was like, Below, so but because she's such a powerful psychic, like that's why they want to get her on the force, right? That's why, like, because they basically have dread taking her out training day style to do like an evaluation. Yeah. And I got the impression that it's like because she's so powerful of a psychic, that's why they want her. And, to be and she was a close, judge. and she was close to passing, like she was like yeah, within three three points below passing is what they say, right? So. Um, so, uh, that, then we're introduced to Mama, who's Lena Hetty's character. She's in the bath. She's doing drugs. <laughs> and it's funny because I forgot. I'm like, man, I'm like, Does this drug, like, just slow down time. And then they tell you that the drug's called slow-mo. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's what it does. Yeah. Well, but, it, you, but everyone did slow-mo for the Born Supremacy episode, right? <laughs> Felt like it someday. Longest episode. Uh... <laughs> You're just mad because you weren't on it. Uh, anyways, so they uh, there's some guys. I guess they were like pushing drugs in this building where they weren't supposed to be. I don't know. They skin them alive, give them slow mo, and then throw them off like the top floor of this uh, peach trees place, which is the name of the the building where all the action takes place. Well, they gave them slow mo before they skinned them alive too. That's true. They they gave them slow mo. They skinned them alive. Then they threw them off the top of the building. Uh, they say like in this um, peach tree, like the this block, there's seventy five thousand people that live <laughs> in this particular area. So it's like just again, kind of to give you the the craziness of how overpacked these uh, mega cities are. That it's like uh, like an apartment complex. I mean, it's huge, but still with seventy five thousand people, basically like a tiny city in an apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. That's really what it is. And it's what, 200 floors. So you're looking at, you know, almost, I can't do the math, but it's a lot of people <laughs> per floor. Yeah, <laughs> my brain, my brain hurts it's today. It's basically you like, can't do the math, like, like, yeah, like five to 700 people a floor or something like that. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of people. So, per floor. so, and this is another thing where you kind of get like the, the visceral, like you said, of the violence in this. Cause when they're like inspect, cause they get called the beach trees. When they're inspecting those dead bodies, like they're gross. Like they, yeah. they, like a lot of times in movies, when a when they when a body is fallen from a great height, it's like oh, it hit something and it's still intact. But this shows you what a body would look like if it fell from that high up and hit the ground, and it's it's gross. Um, so the helpful like medic guy comes out. Uh, talk, tells them about slow-mo, how it, it it makes the time seem as it's moving 1% of its normal speed when you take it. Um, and that Mama, she has the Mama clan. She basically took over Peachtree. She was uh, an ex-hooker, I think is what they say. Yes. Um, and there used to be uh, a couple of other clans or gangs operating the Peyote Kings, the Red Dragons, and the Judge. I like the Judge because they basically had like a mask painted on that looked like a <coughs> Judge helmet. Yep. Um, They're very reminiscent of the Warriors. Like all the gangs have different crazy outfits and like, you know, when there's more tattoos, you know? Yes. Um. So, it, so they're like, all right, well, they go to bust up supposedly where the slow-mo den is. Um. They, they, I, I like when they break in and like all the people in there are on slow mo, and then you get that brutal scene where they're just like all these people are getting shot up, but it, they're like it's from the perspective of like the slow mo, so it's it's wild. Yeah, and they get some- shot through the cheek. It's yeah, I've never seen that before. Neither have and I. They do it twice. Yeah. You know? Um, I. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a real question that I'm confused from from my notes? I have something in quotes, so I believe it's a quote that somebody said, but it says, 
think a bullet might interfere with them more in quotes. And I don't it's know because when she's not wearing her helmet, cause it interferes with her psychic abilities. Oh, that's right. Like, I think a bullet might interfere with them more. Thank you. That's what it is. Um, so uh, that's when I have another that says, Whoa, Damal Gleason's in this. <laughs> cause he's like the clans mama clans, like tech guy. And he's got like, Robot eyes? Question yeah, mark? robot eyes. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they kind of tell the story of that as part of the movie. Yeah. Well, and then also because they have the, the narrative device who actually helps this movie out a lot is uh, instead of like flashbacks, you see the psychic vision yes. of Olivia Thrillby's stuff. So like you actually learn stuff without having kind of a clunky flashback or someone explaining it through dialogue, you know? And it's like, no, it's, you just have a quick flashback and it's like, oh, and that tells you, you know? Yeah. So, and, and then this is where, like, this is all happening. This is where the movie does get kind of that similar feel somewhat to the raid because they capture the one guy. They're going to take him down to the Hall of Justice for questioning. Mama's like, well, we can't let this happen because then they're going to find out everything about my operation. So they take over the control room and they put the building on lockdown, which is basically like all these giant metal shields, like, go over the, the sides of it and the top closes. It basically is in lockdown. And they call the Hall of Justice and they're like, hey, this is like we're, we're testing our systems and blah, 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 just so they won't respond to any calls and they can't get any communication. And that's when uh, she makes like an announcement, I believe, and it's like, hey, we need to kill these judges or something like that to that effect. right? Yeah, but she says anybody who uh, assists in killing the judges uh, will live there basically unharmed, rent free for life. And anyone who aids the judges will get killed. And uh, you skipped over the hobo smashing moment where the panhandler. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those ones where, okay, maybe, you know, you don't like, you know, you're, you should feel bad, but you don't. It's kind of a laughter moment. Where it's like, oh, <laughs> that guy's got smashed. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they decide their first move is like, they're like, well, we'll go to the med bay and we'll hold up there. Um, there's a bunch of dudes out in front of the med bay. They, uh, they take them out pretty bad. Um, they throw like the stun grenade. I was curious as to why they're not affected at all by the stun grenades because they like throw them behind the walls. Oh, okay. And also, they're they're armor and they're shielded. You know, at least his shielded face would give you a certain amount of protection. But he has great shooting form too. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like he really does. Like his, you know, two hands on the gun. You know, like his stance is like a little bit, you know, turned sideways. Like, it's really good shooting form. <laughs> Um, so they, the, the, it ends up that the dude won't let them into the uh, medical facility. Like he's like, nah, like I'm, I'm not opening the door for you. Uh, find somewhere else to go. Yeah, like, essentially he didn't believe that they were going to make it out of their alive. And if he helps them, mama's going to kill him. Yes. Um, so they end up, they, they hide in like an apartment. Uh, they, they, and the lady in there tells them, Oh, hey, you know, there, there's a service elevator that they say doesn't work, but it actually does. And the, like, there's that little bit because there's like a big kind of thing in the showdown where she like basically has to execute a guy. Or Anderson has to execute a guy. Anderson does. Yeah. And then you find out that it's like her, the, guy, the apartment that they go into, it's like the lady's husband is the one that she like had to execute. So it's kind of like, Ooh. yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously, they don't say anything. No, 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 no. So uh, at this point, uh, Damal Gleason, he has like complete control of the building. Um, they, cause they kind of like lock him in to like, they're trying to lock him into the floor. Um, Dread sends them back and he goes off on his own to do some stuff. Um, you get a scene where the, the bad guy K uh, he kind of talks to Anderson about being a mutant and you get a little more about that. Yep. Um, necessary nudity. Unnecessary nudity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just a flash. It's not like gratuitous or anything, but just like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, when 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 uh, she's like reading his mind and yeah. stuff, and yeah. Um, so then the gang members set up those huge guns. Yeah, those were gigantic. Yeah. They bolt them to the floor, and then their plan is to shoot everything across the way from them. So that the judge has, so that Dredd has no place to hide, and that eventually they'll they'll shoot him, and they they unleash so many rounds. Like, oh yeah, it is crazy that 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 that, that section is even still standing. Yeah, it's yeah. and you know they're they're penetrating the concrete like it's it's crazy. 
and they just murder so many innocent people yeah. in that scene. Like it's like you said, the collateral damage in this it's it's like upfront and you can't escape it. And there's so many people in that scene when they are just unleashing. The only thing that kind of bugs me about that scene is at one point she's like, concentrate your fire there. And it's like, how do you know where dread is at this point in time? Like she's like directing them to like focus on one section. It's like backseat shooting, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's you know, wild. Cause it's a, and oh, that brings up another point. Like if her goal was to make sure that they catch dread and Anderson so that their guy doesn't get taken in to be questioned. She's not exactly being subtle. So let's say they do kill Dredd, right? And they get K back. And the lockdown's over. But then the police are going to investigate an entire floor being shot out <laughs> on this building. I just feel I feel like to a certain extent, though, life is cheap. And they, like they had to kind of plan to kind of tie it all to the bad, the bad raid. Like, you know, the way they were going to display their bodies and stuff like that. I mean, I get the impression that there's a lot of people. There's definitely... That level of corruption you see from what we'll get to sure. later, you know, and I, I do think that like, you know, yeah, it's overkill. But at the same time, she's also a druggie, you know, that's you can get away with a lot in this world. You know, the fact that th- they said that, like, there is um, like, you know, we there's all these crimes. We can respond to seven percent of them or something. Yeah. You know? Seventeen thousand crimes a day yeah. and they can respond to seven percent of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So judge uh, and Kay and. um. Anderson. Anderson? Yeah. Uh, they're able to escape. They get out like a hole in the side of the building where there's randomly, they established it before, but there's randomly just like a half pipe on the side of the building, like way up in the air. Like, man, can you imagine if you like miss and fall off? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Because yeah. it's, it's, not... it's easily 70 stories up. Yeah. I don't like skateboarding or height. So that's like my nightmare. <laughs> um, so, anyways, while they're outside, they're able to uh, call control and ask for backup. But they basically are like, well, we got to go back in because we're going to get, like, if they catch us out here, like, we're screwed. Um, and I love uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when, like, the, the, the guys are trying to find their bodies and when they go back in and you just get that shot of dread and he just throws that guy like right over the balcony. Yeah. yeah. And I love I, that because it's that guy was the second in command of Mama's gang who's been kind of built up as like a threader and badass and dread kills him as like an afterthought. Like he goes out oh, like, yeah. it's like a punk and that's what that's something I love when movies do it's really rare but it's like, like oh you build this guy up he's gonna be like a big bad. It's like nope he tosses him off the side of the balcony it's like nothing you know yeah it, it, it's really great it's um it's so matter of the fa- matter of fact you know um so at this point dread he beats the shit out of k he's trying to figure out what's going on uh anderson gets into his mind i, I like that little like battle in the mind because he kind of thinks he's got everything handled and she just owns him gets all the information and he ends up like peeing his pants which is uh-huh. a fun little detail um so they find out that basically all the slow-mo in Mega City is being produced in Peach Trees, and it's like the home base. And at this point, I'm like, they know this. Why are they still dragging him around with them at this point? Like, because they still like take him with them, but because they, they still need him to testify. Like they can't the, the psychic the the her psychic evidence is not admissible essentially. Because it would just be hearsay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair fair enough. So um, they like the judges arrived that they were able to make a call for, but they can't get in because the building's still sealed. Um, Kay and Kay, who's the the bad guy, ends up like grabbing Anderson and t- taking her to the top floor. Um, I love when Dread takes over the PA system. <laughs> yes. and, and it's just like making his announcement. That's where you get the great. Uh, he says, "I am the law," which is like, yeah. uh, which is great because it's like kind of really cheesy in the Stallone version when he says it, but like in this one, it's like, yeah, that's cool when he says it. Because I don't remember kind of all the things he says in the uh, openings in the PA, but it's kind of something to the effect of like, "Mama's a criminal." Uh, or she's nothing more than a common criminal, and I'm going to take her down, and I'm the law, and all this stuff, and it, it, it's it's really great. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. You're right. It's not over the top. He says it, and you believe it, and that's it. And and, and yeah, he's just Judge Dredd. 
Yeah, because like the next scene is when they they find out the terminal that he's using, and they send the guys to get him, and like he like sets them all on fire, <laughs> and they're all just like burning to death, and in, in a really visceral way, like all the rest of this movie. Where I can't remember—is it like incendiary rounds that he uses, yeah, yeah. or I can't remember? Okay, um, because he's running out of bullets, which is like, and me and Dave talked about this a little bit, like. How many bullets do those guns hold? Like, how do they hold hold so many different kinds of bullets? Um, it's definitely, it goes back to the comics. It's not as absurd as like when we did Deep Impact. What not was it Deep Impact? No, not Deep Impact. Deep Rising. Deep Rising. Where like, those guns are absurd. Like, yes, it's it's a stretch. I mean, you could say they're reloading off screen and stuff like that. And you know, when they go fully auto, a gun that size, but it just. It goes to the comics, you know, and they definitely and they're bigger and better looking than the Stallone ones. Those yeah. were like, you know, I think essentially what it is, is they load like a generic projectile and like the front of the gun or some other part of the gun gives that projectile whatever feature it needs to, you know, yeah. whether it's armor piercing or an incendiary round or it, it when they're reloading, they're reloading the general projectile but the the gun itself can make them into whatever special thing they need fair enough fair enough i do wonder and i I, listen i understand we cover action movies every week it's a trope i don't understand why dread does not pick up one of the guns from one of the numerous people that he murders in this movie his is awesome his gun is awesome but if it's you know what's not awesome your gun when it's out of bullets well, yes. now you didn't end up watching The Ghost in the Darkness uh, last week, did you? I have not there, watched it yet. No. There is a scene where he explains you don't go into battle, battle or a hunt with an untested weapon you know, that you're not familiar with. So, I, I, yes, I, I, I guess. But, <laughs> anyways, so the other the other judges show up. Um, they get in the building, but it turns out they're bad judges. They murder that helpful guy from the beginning of the movie. And um, I'll say this, that's one of the one of the only pieces of like lore that's in this are the corrupt judges. Um because yeah. that's from the comics. That's you know, there are corrupt judges, and there's a whole arc in the comics about Judge Dredd taking down the corrupt judges. Um that's really the only thing in here other than Judge Dredd and Anderson that are, you know, arcs of the actual Judge Dredd comics. Right. Um, so he kills one of the bad judges. Um, I, I love, cause they have Anderson captured and, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Kay like has her gun and is like going to shoot her with it. But obviously judges guns, they're DNA coded to the judge. So he tries to use it and it like basically blows his, like, I would say hand, but it's more like half his arm, like completely yeah. off. Yeah. Up, almost up to his elbow. And they say, like, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I read that they said that, like, that's kind of seated, like, earlier in the movie when they're when they're in the mind. And, like, she's kind of controlling him. But, like, one of the things that he pictures is her, is him, like, with her gun, like, using it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like she planted that in his mind to make him think that he could use it, knowing exactly. that he couldn't. So then when he does, he dies and she gets away. So, like, I never really realized that. and that, But then thinking about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, okay. That's that's kind of neat yeah. that they had that little bit in there. So um, I think just in general, she's awesome in this. Like, yeah. just because she got taken captive doesn't mean she's like the damsel in distress, as we'll see in a scene coming right up. That like she is right. awesome and like a great tough female character. You yep. know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Dread battles the other two of the other uh, bad judges. The one he kills by with like is it an explosive round or something? I don't know. He shoots him in the in the head and his head blows up or something right yeah, like, yeah. it's like a c4 round or something yeah well, he offered that with the one he fought in hand to hand he did that sweet thing where he like broke his like his larynx or something and just yes. like was matching him in the throat that was pretty awesome that was pretty awesome yeah and and like uh dave said because one of the bad judges is is a lady judge and she's like well i'll go get anderson like i'll kill her because she's gonna hesitate she's gonna think that i'm back up but it's like they run into each other and because she can read minds, she just immediately mows down the uh, the lady judge. Just sh- uh, yeah, Anderson, as soon as he sh- she sees her, just shoots her. Yeah, and it's it's really great. Um, the, the last remaining evil judge, he shoots uh, Dredd with like an armor piercing round. 
So he seems like he's in trouble because he's out of the bullets. Um, and that's when he's like, oh, I just had to wait. And he's like, oh, no, he tells him to wait. And the guy's like, wait for what? And he's like, oh, he's like kind of like mocking him. He's like the great judge. And he's like, oh, uh, wait for her to shoot you. Because then Anderson shows up and just lights that guy up as well. So um, and in this part, it's really noticeable that like Carl Urban's facial expressions are like right from the comic, like just like he's like got a really dour, like, and in that yeah. scene, like it looks like you could just look Google a picture of Judge Dredd in the comics, like that is just identical, you know? Yeah, and then you get uh, you get Dredd treating his own wounds, which I thought was kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they catch Damal Gleason, but they let him go because, like you said, Anderson kind of reads his mind and sees that like he's as much a victim as anyone else. Like he doesn't want it, you know, like they yeah, gave him robot eyes and all that stuff. Yeah. Essentially mama poked his eyes out with her thumbs and then replaced them with robot eyes. So she could use him to uh, kind of run the, the, the technological aspect of the, you know, be her IT guy. Yeah. Right. So uh, he gives him the code to get into mama's like quarters where she's holed up. Uh, she's like, hey, I have this whole uh, however many top floors of the building rigged to explode. Uh, it's it's set to my heartbeat. So if you kill me, like, it's going to blow up. And then I, I love the fact that Dredd just shoots her anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, I don't really care. And I think he, he theorizes, he's like, well, he's like, how good is that transmitter? Like, like, like how what's the range long- on that? Because she just has the top 50 floors rigged. He's like, well... If you don't die by the time you hit the bottom, you're probably not within range of these things. So let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, and it's, a, there's a, it's a kilometer high, you know, <laughs> and, and, in, and, and a real uh, vengeful dick movie gives her slow-mo <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then throws her off the top of the uh, building. And we get like that shot of her in slow-mo falling, 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 falling until she eventually hits the ground and splats and, doesn't set off the charges because she's super far uh, below those floors. Um, and that's, I mean, that's basically we get to the end. Uh, Anderson's kind of over it at this point, but uh, Dredd gives her a pass. He's like, hey, you pass. Uh, and well, then he we get to tell like, her that. She doesn't know. She walks away never knowing. Oh, that's right. Their she supervisor walks, away, that's walks right. up and says, you know, how'd she do? And Dredd goes, pass. That's right. That's right. Um, because I, and I think they say, uh, this is just a side note. He, he constantly throughout the whole movie calls her rookie. I think they say yeah. that he, she only gets referred to by name like three times or something. The rest of it is just rookie. Yep. Um, but then, and then we get like a dread voiceover, uh, more about, you know, just kind of how shitty the <laughs> city is. Yep. And that's the end. Um, it's 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 like, and I know we'll get into this a little bit. It's like the the pilot episode to a really good TV show. I want to see. That's like exactly, I feel like that's exactly my thought. It's just it's like a really long pilot episode, and that's yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but it didn't feel like it felt like there should be more. Like it, and yeah. and. It, it just gets so good too. You want more, you know. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a a, a, a theatrical film. It felt like a pl- a pilot to a TV series, which I think, in a lot of ways, is kind of what a lot of comic book movies should be because they're you know they're always the comics. There's always more, and then as we've seen now, like you know with with the MCU and everything, there's always there's always going to be more. You know, it's like I think like. That sense, but it wasn't like it left a ton of stuff hanging. You know? No, I, I think. What, no, go ahead. oh, sorry. I was going to say. I just think that this is like this is a comic book movie. But take out we we don't have to spend an hour learning Judge Dredd's origin. Like, yeah. that's where this movie's short. It's not two and a half hours long because you don't have that. We don't. You know, he's just Judge Dredd. We don't have to learn like his motivation and what he, why he became Judge Dredd and all this stuff. He is just Judge Dredd. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, but they say that this has the exact same runtime as the uh, 1995's Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Yeah, so much shorter. Feels so much shorter. It does. Because you know? that movie feels long. Yeah, because they have they're on so many different places and they go they do so many different things. Like they add so many. Like that's one of the things I loved is that like. There was no, like you know, obviously in a you know between uh, Stallone and Diane Lane, there's like a little romance thing. There was 
no romantic tension between Dredd and no. uh, and Anderson, and there shouldn't be because he's her, you know, the the su- superior judge. Like you know, and that that was great. They didn't have any of that stupid stuff or like no origin. Like the, the origin and you know the Stallone well, was terrible. You know, well, and I don't I, I don't think this has come up yet, but one of the things. And, and kudos for Carl uh, Urban for this, but he doesn't, he has that helmet on the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's not, it's not like a vain thing where they're like, we got, he's like, I need my headshots. Like I got a head, like he's committed to playing this part. And I think they said that like, he even kept that helmet on in between takes. He yeah. stayed in character. He didn't smile. Like, but like, I, I give major props to Carl Urban for that because to be like, I, you know, like a movie star and be like, yeah, I'm going to be in a movie where I'm going to wear this helmet the entire thing and I don't feel the need to take it off. Like that, that to me is like a commitment to the character. And I, I kind of applaud that for sure. Well, and I'll say this, like everybody in this movie is really good. Like even, yeah. even the corrupt judges are great. Like they seem like they'd be corrupt judges. Like their mama's great in this. Uh, Carl Urban is obviously phenomenal in this. I really love Olivia Thurlby in this. I think she's great yeah. in this too. Yeah, like there's not think, there's no yeah. weak links in this film. Like They're, Wood Harris is great. Like yeah. he's just just creepy enough, but not like overdoing it. You know? No, it makes like, sense that he would be that he would be a criminal who's higher ranking than some others. Like he has yeah. intelligence to him, but he still you know he still acts like a criminal without kind of. Um, kind of betraying that intelligence that he has. Like he doesn't make dumb moves like a dumb yeah. criminal would. He makes smart moves like a smart criminal was would, and you don't necessarily see that in in thugs in films. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think all the the acting is phenomenal in this. Um, I I did see that they said, and Dave's more of our uh, gun guy, but they said that the uh, the sidearms, the the lawgivers are like basically like cosmetically altered uh, Glock 17 pistols. Yeah, that's pretty Uh, common in movies. When you're doing like a sci-fi gun, you just take a a base and you build onto it. Like Han Solo's gun is just a Luger, you know, like, so yeah, you just, just build onto original, you know, base. Did anybody, did anybody see, uh, and if not, do you want to take a guess at what the body count in this movie was? Oh, it's it's probably high. No, I think it's only like 41. Or am I thinking of the other movie we're doing? That's the other movie we're doing. Sorry. Maybe you're thinking of the other movie because yeah. this one is much more than that. Yeah, because they mowed down a lot of people. 100? Yeah. 102. 102. So pretty close. So um, were there any um, uh, role reversals in office? I had one. Uh, I saw one too. It's probably the same one. Yeah. The early talks were Michael Bean was going to play Dread. Yeah. He auditioned. Uh, yep. But there's, I mean, he would probably would have been okay, but not in the way that Carl Urban was. Carl Urban was phenomenal as Dredd. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should talk about the uh, possible sequel to this. Like there was, it, it, the movie had developed such a cult following that um, the talk of a sequel is constantly being brought up. Yeah. Uh, although the producers, Adi Shankar is one of the producers. Um, he's constantly said that no, they're not going to make a sequel to it. But it it's constant. One of those things that is always in the background that constantly keeps getting brought brought up. And at one point, there was going to be a Netflix TV series called Judge Dread Mega City One. Um, that Urban said, Carl Urban said he was going to reprise his role as Judge Dread. Um, that was back in 2017. I haven't really heard of anything new from it. So it has. Okay. So there was a comic book miniseries follow-up that actually like it's based, you know, it is a direct sequel and okay. So there is an IMDB page for the sequel, but it doesn't look very valid. Like it looks like it's probably more put together by fans. Um, and then I've heard last I heard was Amazon. Like they're talking about which now Amazon has the movie, you know, yeah. on it, but they, you know, yeah, like, so you know, maybe, and they're, Desperate for content at Amazon. Yeah, and they obviously they obviously like Carl Urban. He's brought them they their do. highest rated show of all time. Exactly, it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, no. Um, anything else that anybody really wants to get into, or do you think we're probably ready to rate this? Oh, I'd say I'd say ready to rate it. What do you think, Dave? I think I'm ready to rate it. Yeah. All right. Let me hit the music. Do it. Okay. <laughs> 
uh, who wants to go first? Dave, you're the guest. You can go first or have one of us okay. first. I'm just, uh, I'm going to give it my highest rating I've ever given a movie on here because I just love this movie. It's five machine guns for me, baby. Wow, straight wow. up five. That's that's <laughs> I just, this is a great movie. This is my, like, one of my go-tos, like, if I'm on, like, a plane ride and I'm like, yo, I don't really get that nervous on plane, just more being cooped up, but just, I'll watch this movie. Like, it's just my go-to. Like, I watched, I've probably seen this movie 50 times since it came out. I love it. <laughs> um. I'll go next. Sure. I, I, you know, I, I love this movie too. Uh, probably not to the extent that Dave does, but I, I do think it's a really good movie. Um, and I think it's one that maybe people haven't checked out. And I think that you should, if you're steering away from it, cause it's like, you think it has anything to do with the original one. That's false. But also like, if you're like, ah, I'm not, I, it's based on a comic book and I'm not like a comic book person. Like I, I, that, I, I think you don't, that, that doesn't factor into this at all. Right. Like, like, yes, it's based on a comic and yes, they use elements of it, but I, it's not like it, it's steeped in mythology. Like we talked about, like, it's just the, they use the characters for setting of a good action movie. Um, but I, I can't give it five. Uh, I, I'm going to give it four machine guns though. Cause it is really good. And, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And it's it, like we said, it's a fast watch. Um, Definitely worth checking out if it's something you haven't seen. Because, like we said, it's it's on Prime, it's on Hulu for free, and it's it it, it, it is really good. Yeah, I'm right with these guys. Uh, yeah, the acting's great in it. Uh, the action's great in it. Um, you don't you don't need any kind of background in Judge Dredd to watch this film. Uh, it is very much a it's a, it's a very accessible film for people who like action movies. Um, and it moves like there's no slow spots in this film. It moves and it's, it's a fun watch. Like there's, there's lots of, there's lots to take away from it. Great special effects. Um, the action scenes are fantastic. Uh, the plot, I mean, the plot's not complicated. It's very easy to follow. Uh, it, it, the whole movie's great. It's a fun watch. Um, I'm going to say, my, my my only takeaway is it does feel like the pilot to a TV series. Um, so if you're going in expecting like a John Wick ending or something like that, you're not really going to get it. It's a little more open ended than you would you might necessarily like. Uh, so I'm going to still I'm going to go four machine guns with this one. All right. Yep, and uh, apparently there's uh, the dogs <laughs> like it quite a bit. Uh, they're giving it, they're giving it five barks. Uh, <laughs> I don't own a dog, but my neighbor's dog is very loud. So and likes good to for bark, them. So. Yeah, you're allergic to dogs, so I don't know I why there's a dog anywhere near you. It comes out in the mornings right next to my bedroom window, and it is awful. I feel like we should. My, my neighbors are great. I'm not complaining about them, but the dog he likes Dave, the bark. It's okay. They're not going to listen to this. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we should mention it's a German Shepherd named Gustav. So <laughs> it's very, it's a very <laughs> German dog. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. So so there we go. There's uh there, there's Red. Um, Dave, is there anything you want to plug before we get into our plugs? Um, you know, I mean, I say. And I'm going to this when it when it comes out because uh, subscribe to the Patreon because uh, not giving anything away, but I'm might be contributing uh, an episode to your Patreon later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I say to everyone contribute. Uh, uh, go on the Patreon. Can confirm, Dave will be on a few episodes <laughs> of the post credit scene. It's true. Yep. So check us out on Patreon. Uh, you can donate a buck. You can donate five bucks or you can donate whatever you want. We're whatever. We're not picky. Uh, but if, at five bucks, you get an extra episode from us called the post credit scene. You get uh, extra episodes from all the shows on the GameZilla network. Uh, and of course we are on the GameZilla network. So you get us on Mondays, you get the GameZilla show on Tuesdays, you get noobs and dragons starring myself and, uh, Sphinx on Wednesdays and uh, Thursdays is a legend of retro, which I will be appearing on a few episodes in the near future. You will hear me Ooh. on there. I know I'm not going to spoil which ones news. they are. Breaking news. Uh, so listen to me on there. I'm going to be, I'm going to be all over GameZilla media over the next few months. You're going to hear me kind of everywhere. <laughs> uh, so if you like me, 
great. If you don't like me, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, also, go ahead. You know, I was going to say just, and also, you know, if, if you want to support the show, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram. Uh, and if you really want to get involved, join our Discord. Um, it's where we probably have the most interaction with people. You can hit us up directly. We have a channel just for the show. So it's a great way to get involved if you're really liking what you're listening to. Absolutely. Um, I like listening to Dave. Dave, thanks for being here. Yeah, Dave, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always fun to have you on. Uh, that is the the best benefit of our new recording situation is that we're able to have you on uh, as often as we'd like. So thank you very much. I, I always enjoy being on. Yep, absolutely. Anytime. Um, well, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>